No, that's not big enough. No, that's not big enough either. That's more like it. We're delighted to have you with us, and we extend a cordial welcome to you. We've lined up the top stars from Hollywood and from all over the world to entertain you on our giant screen with the new colorful motion pictures you've been hearing about and reading about. To add to your enjoyment, we're all wound up to bowl you over at intermission time with live wire service at our snack bar, where you'll find a tempting variety of favorite foods and beverages. Now it's showtime, folks. And you can be sure it's the best show in town. Your continued patronage is very, very welcome. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Film and Water Podcast. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, Rob Kelly, and uh, we're back from hiatus. And uh, joining me for this first episode back is friend of the network and constant critic of everything that I do, David A. Gutierrez. David, welcome back. Thank you. And uh, well, first, let me say congratulations on 100 episodes. Thank you. This is Thank you. this is 101, right? This is this is the first one back. So yeah, this is 101. Yeah. Um, I think out of those 100, 100, you had 97 good ones, and uh, two <laughs> were a, with Shag. At the, yeah, that's a shot of Shag out of nowhere. Wow. And um, and then that first one. Well, you know my feelings on the pilot. Right. So. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, congrats, man. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to have been part of, I think, four or five of those. Uh, we well, did um, Highlander and The Head. Video Store. The Video Store show and The Man Who Fell to Earth. So, yeah, I guess. The- oh, oh, and um, and I was on the um, on the, uh, oh, the canon, canon episode, of course. Yeah. Sure, sure. All right. So that's five. That's a good guess. Star yeah. Well, uh, yeah. The Video Store show was one of the most popular ones that we've done. And so we're kind of doing that again. And then this episode is not about a movie because after Highlander, what's there for David to really talk about? Uh, <laughs> there are no movies. There are no Highlander. movies after Highlander. Uh, no, we're here to talk about. Uh, seeing movies in the theater, seeing things on the big screen. This is kind of the bipolar opposite of the video store show. And we're just going to talk about great experiences or not so great experiences of seeing things in on the big screen. Now, I mean, you live in L.A., right? That's yeah. L.A. proper. That's a big screen town. Like, you know, you have the New Beverly. You have all these yes. things. Revival I, houses. All these revival houses. I mean, I there isn't as much of that here. But, like, what? let's 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 – jump all the way back like what was the first movie you can remember seeing like in the that theater? i remember seeing yeah. uh it's weird because i want to say superman or star wars but good start but you, you remember they just showed movies for years back then so i don't know if that's kind of um i'm placing it in the wrong year in my head if that makes mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. like if i'm going year of release or something but i think probably superman I remember seeing before Star. I know I would have seen Star Wars before Superman, but I think my first memories are of Superman. That's a good start. But the first movie I was at was Orca the Killer Whale. My, <laughs> my, my dad took me to see that, um, and then quickly, I don't know what he was thinking because I would have been a newborn. And, yeah, I know. Uh, my, that was like '76 or '77 when that came out. Yeah, well, my dad, no rules, no Heno Bevo, no rules, Gutierrez. You know, he didn't wow. care. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So I think Superman, probably Superman. That's good. Do you remember what you liked it? Do you remember? How oh, I loved it. Okay. Uh, I, I, oh, I was gonna say I've, I've, I've spoken to a friend of the show, Michael Bailey, about this. How Superman very much set the, set the tone for, a couple of things in my life. Um, sort of my moral compass. 
uh, and my love of feisty brunettes mm. and and reporter ladies, and uh, and you know what? I was old enough to remember being weirded out by the naked kid in that movie. Oh, well, so, oh, right, baby, Kal El, right? Okay, yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm screaming, I'm like, naked kid, what he's, what's he yeah, talking uh, about? Okay, yeah, that's... baby, Kal El. So I would have known like shame. So I would have been for that. I just and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess Superman. What, what, what about you? That would have been like uh, Lumiere Brothers or something. Right? Uh, yeah, all right. Okay. Thank when, you. Wait, you loved it when the moon hit that guy's eye. <laughs> I mean, the rocket hit the moon's eye. Yeah. It was very excited. It was dish night. Uh, no, the first movie. <laughs> the first. <laughs> there was a, there was a uh, there was a reel in the front about the war. No, the first <laughs> the first movie I actually the first movie I remember seeing in a theater was at a drive-in with my parents. I saw The Omen. Uh, when, <laughs> I know. When I was what? when I was five, they took me to see The Omen when I was five years old, and this was up in the Poconos. So we went to a drive-in. My only Mountain. I haven't I haven't asked them about it. I should. The only thing I can think of is that they just really wanted to see it, and since it was up in the Poconos, there were no babysitters, so they just put me in the back seat. Now, that doesn't really track with what I know of them, because my parents were not big movie people. Like, they saw movies, but it wasn't, like, some big passion the way it was for me. Right. So you know I, what your mom thinks about Yeah, we, we do know. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to that, too. Um, but I'm like, I can't imagine that my parents wouldn't have just said, well, we'll just see The Omen later. You know what I mean? Like, wait, why? What? You know, that doesn't make any sense. But I distinctly remember being in the back seat, and I remember the, the scene with the kid where he's on the, the the tricycle and he knocks the mom Lee Remick off the ladder, and she's dangling, and he basically watches her fall. I remember all of that. I mean, I, I have distinct memories of, of seeing all that stuff. I don't, I don't think I had any you know understanding of what I was watching, but yeah. that that was really the beginning of it. Now, my mom took me to other stuff. Like she did. I, I hate to. <laughs> Like, like Star Wars? Yeah, well, he did take my dad. My dad took me to all the cool stuff. My mom, I, I, for whatever reason, I remember my mom taking me to see The Cat from Outer Space, the Disney movie from 1979 with Ken Berry and McLean Stevenson and Harry Morgan. Like, I don't know why that one is so lodged in my memory, but it is. That was, that was 1979. I was eight years old. So Does that predate your love of MASH? That would have just predated it, yes, because I was a little yeah. too young to watch MASH. But, yeah, had I known, because, of course, it features two, two MASH colonels in, in that movie. Right. But, yeah, no, I, I – my dad really did help me yeah, uh, same here. fall in love with that stuff because he just – he took me – he took me and my sister um, to every cool thing. We saw Conan. We saw – the Superman movies, we saw the Star Wars movies, we saw Star Trek, Raiders, High Road to China, the Raiders knockoff. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, I remember uh, there was a time when uh, we went to go see, we were trying to go see 101 Dalmatians. It got re-released and yeah. it was sold out. And the only other movie playing was Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> Perfect for the kids. Hardly interchangeable. And I remembered my dad kind of wanted to see it, and my sister wanted to see it. And so my dad bribed me by taking me across the mall to the Woolworths and buying me comic books. And his thing was like, basically, if you agree to go see Kramer versus Kramer, I'll buy you a bunch of comics, which I would have, like, you know, fine. I would have done whatever. And so we go see Kramer versus Kramer. And, of course, Kramer versus Kramer has full frontal nudity in it, uh, which was pretty shocking oh, for, um, an eight, for an eight-year-old. Oh, that's see. right. Yeah, it Joe, was okay Joe, back then. Yeah, yeah, you could make a movie. Joe Beth Williams gets full frontal nude in that movie, and I remembered my dad just looking mortified 
and I didn't know. I'm like, I what, you know, I know I'm not supposed to see that stuff, but I don't, you know, I, I didn't have any understanding of what I was looking at. I still basically don't. So nothing much has changed. But uh, like, I mean, did your dad? <laughs> did your dad? Six minutes to, in, and we're talking about nude scenes. Exactly. <laughs> That's what happens with us? Did, <laughs> did your dad take you to see kind of off-brand stuff? Um. Yeah, you know, my dad. I mean, he's the reason I got into movies too. I. Yeah, I own everything actually, um, but um, yeah, I remember there were some weird ones. That were, oh, I think I told you this off off the mics. My parents took me to see uh, Tarzan, Lord of the Apes at the drive-in. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and, oh my god! Yeah, because my dad's a, uh, he likes Tarzan and probably like oh Derek. I don't know. We've never spoken about this. Um, and uh, not a kids movie, despite no. the fact it had Tarzan. It's like taking your kid. Who is five to see Logan when he knows he likes when you know likes Wolverine, you know, but with more nudity and and sex scenes, and um, we also saw a Cheech and Chong movie at wow. the drive theater. That day, those are actually much tamer than you'd believe. It's mostly just drug humor, and right, right. my parents weren't users to my knowledge. And uh, <laughs> as far as they I told, I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what happened in that van. No, the um, we um, a lot of it just went over my head, uh, which is probably what they want. And then I, I remember just falling asleep, which is also probably what they wanted. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's babysitting, but, right? But I did see, and I we've talked again more discussions off the mic. Um, I sent you, or we talked about the trailer that I did see in front of Tarzan, which is called Firecracker, which I think is also called Naked Fist, that has a uh, um. I forget the name of the actress, but Darby Hinton from Malibu Express in it. And she plays a kung fu lady who often gets disrobed as she fights. And this this preview is just etched in my memory forever to this day. It's a fantastic movie. It's terrible. Yeah, I've it's never one. seen it. And then you sent me the trailer. And I was like, we have got to do this movie on the <laughs> so we, will, we will get to that. It's, it's only available like on DVD. You can't – it's not streaming anywhere. But I'm actually willing – to fork over like the 15 bucks to get the DVD because the trailer just looks bonkers. It just absolutely looks bonkers. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a big, like, tra- again, trailers, it was like such a huge thing. I remember, and I've told the story, I think, on Ryan's show, the Star Wars show, but I remember my dad that. taking me to see the re-release of Star Wars in, like, 79. And yeah. this was the re-release that came with a trailer for Empire Strikes Back. And it may not have even been a trailer. It may have just been, like, a, like a clip reel. And it came at the end of the movie, which is completely strange. Like they never would oh, do you that. Actually, now. sat through the whole thing. <laughs> of course. And there's, you know, I mean, you're talking. This is 1979, yeah. so it's, you know, you don't know anything about what's coming until you see it. You know, I didn't. I wasn't like a big reader of Starlog or anything like that, so I wasn't like in the know. So this is literally the first piece of Star Wars footage I've seen after Star Wars. And it's that scene of Boba Fett and Darth Vader in the the, the dinner scene with Han and Leia, where he's like, <laughs> "My yeah, favorite." We, yeah. yeah, and I remember, I still to this day, I mean, that was forty, it was like thirty seven years ago at this point. I'm old. I remember like levitating in my seat. It was so exciting. It was just <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like I just remember being so overjoyed because it was new Star Wars, and to actually see it in the big screen was just it, it was indescribable it's one of the great moments of my childhood because i just I, you know and that's yeah you know i mean i love watching stuff on home video we talked about it on the other show and it's like i discovered so many great movies but i still have an attachment 
to seeing stuff like that. There's still something to it that is magical, and I have to figure that's why people still do it, even though everybody has great home theaters now, and going to movies is a giant pain in the ass a lot of times. Hell yeah, it is. You know? expe- Especially well, it's now. Expensive. No, expensive yeah. oh. on top of it, right. It's like when I see a ball game today. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's like $400. No, I, you know what I miss is the sound of the projector. Oh, right, right, right. Everything's digital, yeah, man. Yeah. I'm not going to hear that anymore. Yeah. But um, speaking of Empire, I remember that was a big one for me because, of course, the ending. I don't want to give a you know, spoil a 30-something-year-old movie. But uh, I just remember looking at my dad with like a what-the-hell look when uh, – when Luke's parentage is revealed, because that blew my mind. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I like I, you know, and I was going through my through my head, quickly trying to scan every star every time I saw Star Wars or read the books. Like, is there any clue to this? How does that make sense? You know. <laughs> right. And I remember asking my dad, "That can't, that's not true, right?" And then Luke says, "That's not true." So I felt even more special. Aww. Because because you know I, I bonded with with my favorite character. Of course. But um. Yeah, that that was that was a big, and there was kind of like a collective gasp in the theater. I remember there was just everyone was, was like, what, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So um, when when you could have surprises, that was a that was that that was a great moment. I don't even think you could really duplicate that today. No, probably Maybe. not. That'd be really tough. Although, you know, like when when well, because I saw um, what was the one? What's it called? Force Awakens. I saw that at a press junket. So when Han dies or is murdered by his son nobody knew that i mean you you knew that was coming but you didn't know if it was gonna for sure happen and that kind of had the same effect actually yeah i'd say so what you know yeah uh, no i I agree with that there was some applause i didn't know that han was gonna die i would then in that that scene i kind of figured that's what was coming but i didn't full out know and i really yeah i remember my heart certain beating a little i'm like uh oh uh oh uh oh uh oh you know like and then so that was a genuine moment so they managed to retain it even with i kind of stayed off the internet for like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the, the previous two days for that reason i didn't want to know anything about it but yeah well, I, that was kind of a good thing i knew because of but you know it's it's because of the outside world informing informing me what what Harrison Ford thinks of that role right you know what I mean and and and, and what it would take for him to do it it it, it, it colors my view of things now just information yeah. of the process I guess but um and I'll, I'll, I'll give you another one for me that was huge on the Star Wars track Jedi my dad took me to like and uh, it must have been like a midnight showing um and I know I had school the next day because I was telling everyone about it and no one had seen it yet and they were all just annoyed because I wouldn't shut up about, you know, the, <laughs> the, I mean, the only good part of that movie, it's got like two good parts, right? And, and, but the, um, the all too, uh, multi, multifaceted, no way should this ever work plan at the beginning of the movie, which to this day, I still am trying to understand, <laughs> but, 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 uh, like that scene blew me away. And I remember turning to my dad and saying, dad, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Aww. I love you, dad. And then, uh, Aww. Yeah, I, I'm telling my dad, greatest human being. You'll never, I'm, he's my hero. Never find a bigger fan of him than, than me. But um, yeah, I remember just being just floored. And then, and then at the end, when Vader died, and that was the first time I knew depression, because I, I didn't know if there was anything left for me. You know what I mean? Because so much of my life had been, had been sort of been led by Star Wars and 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 Star Trek. And at that point, 
Spock was back, but you know, it was kind of you really didn't know what was going to happen. And uh, no, he wasn't back, was he? No, not in '83. No, not no, yet. he wasn't back. Yeah, no, so I was dead. I was yeah. double hollow, double hollow. That's yeah, right. Yeah, that's a real that's a real double whammy for nerds in 1982, '83. All your favorite yeah. guys are getting killed off. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I saw Star Trek II, I actually started crying, and I asked my dad how he could ever bring me to this movie <laughs> because Spock was was dead. How could you do that? I remember turning him and saying, how could you do this? This is like a snuff film. What's the matter with you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm, I remember seeing Trek 2 in the theater, and, and I did not know it's, that was coming. It again, it, it, again, it was all pre, you know, I didn't read up on this stuff. So that was a, that was a huge shock. That was a huge, huge shock because I didn't know anything about it. All the Star Trek I I've had really great experiences with the Trek films. I've seen them all. Yeah. I've, yeah. Seen, I've seen all but beyond in the theater, and I saw Trek 3 in a drive Drive, uh, drive in. I saw Trek Four at a mall, and it was packed. And just like that was yeah. one of those movies that, like, I don't think anybody expected how great that movie was going to be. And I just remembered people were just laughing. Like, it just really got into it. That's that's something else too. Is like, as much as crowds can be a pain in the butt, and a lot of times they are. Like, yeah. there are times where I've seen a movie with a really great crowd, and it and it does make the movie better. You know, it really does. Uh, I said Star Trek Four was one of those where people just totally got into it and the, the spirit of it. I remember at that same mall, I saw The Fly, the Jeff, Gold, the <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. And yeah, really, I remember, at, you know, you've, I assume you've seen The Fly, right? The Jeff Goldblum one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. At the end of that movie, you know, the final shot is of poor Gina Davis sitting there crying yeah, as, she's, as she's blown the head off of Jeff Goldblum. And the movie just fades to black. And, like, the whole audience was, like, just, like, oh, like, you could feel it. People were just, Rough. like, oh, my God. Like, that's the end of the movie? You know? It was just, like, we're so – and it, it really gave, you know, the idea of, like, oh, this, this this movie really worked on people because the whole theater is just hushed. They're just stunned at what they saw. Like, the torture that Cronenberg just put them all through. I uh, wish I could have been there for The Exorcist because have you ever oh, seen footage of, of what people were going through when they saw that? They were being dragged out of theaters. I have heard about it. Out, I've never seen it. Yeah, Vomiting. <laughs> I wish I could have. I really wish I could have been there for that because, you know, they, movies just sold out for days, I guess, <laughs> back then. Um, and the, uh, another big one for me was uh, Flash Gordon. Oh, sure. Yeah. I remember sitting there in the theater and then. You know, you get the Clytus, I'm bored, and with hot rain or something, and then you get dun 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 dun. Well, and my ears, I am, boys in it, yeah. Yes, I mean, well, they weren't my boys yet, but they oh, okay. were just about to be. And my ears perk up, and I hear, you know, Freddie Mercury, and then these lightning bolts, and I think, what is this? And then finally, the title card for Music by Queen, and it just, I was on board. I've been on board yeah. since. Got I've it. Said okay. on, on your show, on the Highlander episode, that was so transformative to me. Um, and I don't, and I don't think I've ever experienced such aural excitement, AU, <laughs> <laughs> excitement, wow. okay. um, uh, since, since that moment, it was just, it was su- such a big deal to hear everything. And then I remember the wedding march. I didn't even know what power shredding was, but it was happening. And Brian <laughs> made the guitar for that movie. Um, yeah, I was, and I was so disappointed that the movie didn't look like the credits where it had all the old King features. All the, yeah, all the Alex Raymond artwork on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my dad took and, me. To, uh, my dad took me to see Flesh Gordon, and there were two drunk girls in the theater, and they were <laughs> they were hooting and hollering at the screen. And there's a point. There's a point where Flesh Gordon has to take his pants off 
<laughs> and and the, the girls are like, woo, take it off. They're like literally throwing things at the screen. I, I remember that distinctly. Everything's made better with two drunk girls. That's a good point. Yeah. Every, every, every audience needs them. Everything in life, I would say. Is yeah. And then I remember Batman, the 89 movie. That was I saw that at a midnight. My dad again taking me to the midnight screening, and uh, that took you to a midnight movie. Yeah, yeah, because oh, he cool. knew I really wanted to see it, so Aww. we went. My dad is great, great guy. Um, we went to see it, and uh, I back then I, I remember reading the novel. I, yeah, I read the novelization. Oh, before. me too, me too. I ruined Five it for times. me. Ruined it for myself. So I knew some of the dialogue, and then I remember when when uh, he said, "I'm Batman" in, in the. In the book, he says, I'm the knight, I think. I thought, wait, wait, something's off here. <laughs> but, but, uh, but um, yeah, I was so psyched, and there was not a better crowd for that. It was a bunch of us wearing Batman shirts. I think it was the first time I felt like I'm amongst my people. This is my crowd. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a big um, deal. That was a big deal. Because uh, did I ever tell you – I told you my Batman clothing junior high story? I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, maybe I told Ryan, um, Ryan Daly. Um, the uh, I remember when. Do you remember when the, the, the merchandising came out a few months before the movie? So the movie was in uh, was was is in the summer, and then the, the merchandising blitz started happening in like May or April. Yeah, oh, um, complete blitz. Yeah, so there were finally shirts that weren't for children, you know, for, with Batman on it. And I and I and I so I loaded up one day. I had my Batman shirt, my Batman shoes, and I go to school. And I see a bunch of skaters wearing the Batman stuff, and I go up to them and say, "You guys, you guys are Batman fans too." And they said, "No, but why are you wearing it?" I said, "Because I'm a, because ba- I read Batman. I've been a Batman fan as long as I can remember." And they said, "No, no, only skaters can wear Batman clothes. You better take those off. Or we're gonna, be, we're gonna kick your ass." What? Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. Do you even know who Thomas Wayne is? Like, I don't give, I don't give a shit who Thomas Wayne is. Skaters get to wear Batman clothes, not whatever you are. And so that was the last time I wore my Batman shirt to school Aww. for fear of a price. And no, they didn't know who Thomas Wayne was. <laughs> Maybe if I'd said the word Martha, we would have bonded. Killer Moth, but, uh, the Puzzler, the yeah. Calculator, hello, you bunch of... Yeah. <laughs> Condiment Man? Yeah, come on. But, uh, oh, my God. Yeah, no, no, it was... Uh, oh, that's sad. Yeah. What a bunch of jerks. I know, I know. I, I even had this great... It was a. It was a full. It took up the entire shirt. It was the Frank Miller, um, Dark Knight Returns, um, I Am Reborn image. Oh, that, that thing. Okay, right, right, right. Right. He's still wearing the um, the gold and, and black shield at that point, um, jumping out of this at, at the sky at the sky at you. Yeah. I had the that rain shirt. on my chest is a baptism. That whole. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, look at you. Uh, yeah, I had that, and I, I I was not able to wear that. Until the next year in high school when, you know, you can kind of redefine yourself. You grow right. a couple of inches over the summer. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because I, I had a bunch of Batman stuff when I – because I was in senior – I was a senior in high school when Batman came out. And I – it was – the movie was coming out like a week after I graduated high school. So it was such a huge thing. I cared more about that than I cared about high school. And, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. And then like during the last week of school, like we just had tests. Like we had, you know, SATs or whatever. And I was too scared to wear any comic book related stuff to, to high school because I just didn't want to be branded as a nerd, which was ridiculous because I already was branded as a nerd. So I'm wearing, pretty sure that yeah, they could see yeah, that that ship had sailed. There's no way. <laughs> there's no there's no shirt that was going to change it. But on the very but on the very last day. 
the very last day, I wore my Brian Bolland Joker T-shirt. Because at that I, point, I was like, F it, I don't care anymore. I, and I felt like such a rebel. I was like, ooh, I'm wearing my... It's a, it's a Joker. You know, it's yeah. a villain. I just didn't care. But I, I that summer, it's funny, uh, my best friend at the time uh, went away to camp. He was a camp counselor. And so I literally, this sounds so sad, I had like no other friends <laughs> it sounds so pathetic, but it's true. I mean, him and him and I were spent a lot of biographical to me too. Yeah, really. Him and I spent all our time together, and then when he went to camp, I was like, all right. So I just kept going to the same theater over and over and seeing Batman. I saw Batman nine times that summer because I was like, what else do I have to do? I don't have a job. I'm going to I'm going to to art school uh, in September. So what the hell? So I just saw Batman over and over and over again, which makes me sad because the theater is now gone. It's been demolished, and it is literally an empty pit now. Like, it's not even – they didn't even knock it down and replace it with a friggin', you know, Rite Aid or something. It's just dirt. You should have been seeing Star Trek V a couple more times. Well, yeah, I know. That would have helped out. It's funny. I saw – at that same theater, it's called the Westmont, I I went went and saw Brain Donors – uh, which oh, is, why? Uh, yeah, John John Turturro, sort of pseudo Marx Brothers comedy. I was the only person in the theater when I saw. I that. love those. I love so those you, moments. Like, that's happened to you. That's you oh, the only one in the theater. Um, waiting for Guffman. Okay. As me and a friend of mine, Roy, and there, yeah, we were we were it. Two people went in and like left in in five minutes. Okay. Oh, the other one's there. Um, but that doesn't count, though, if you went with a friend, because you're with your friend. Oh, I mean, have you okay. ever well, seen a movie where you were literally the only one in the theater? Um, yes. Okay. Uh, Ponyo. Wow. I went to a – it was like a 12.30 p.m. screening of Ponyo, and I was the only one there. Interesting. Somebody came in and, and, and just saw what it was and left. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's not – I mean, you know, Ponyo by the sea, I don't mean – you know what you're getting if you're going to see a Miyazaki movie. Right, right. But uh, that and um, – no, Transformers, I saw there were four of us in the theater, the original movie, the, the Orson Welles one. And um, All right. Well, the thank you for coming on the show. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh... <laughs> no, that was a big one too because Optimus dies and the, all of – there was like me and two other kids who were looking at each other like, that just happened. Well, now you've ruined it for me because I'm going to see that movie eventually. Thanks, David. You're going to see it? Yes. We're go- yes, we have plans. That's all I'll say. Stop it. We do. We have plans. You're going to see Transform... The 86 one? The 86 one. That, that <laughs> We will do it on the show at some point. There are plans. Oh. There are plans afoot to... I just to, want to hear this. To, to force, <laughs> there, there are plans to force me, Clockwork Orange style, to watch some Transformers. I think you need to do some brushing up because uh, it's just going to be, as you put it, talking boxes. Talking boxes. I, I, you know what? Of all the Transformers movies, uh, the one that yeah, I am the least... Uh, upset about having to see is the animated one because of the people in it. Because it's Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy, right? He's in Transformers, yeah, right? Yeah, Judd Nelson. Leonard ne- okay. But like, Leonard Nimoy and Orson Welles. Like, at the very least, I get to hear two people I really like in, in this movie. So, okay. You know, they say that's the funny uh, tangent. They say that that is the movie that killed Orson Welles. There, there's all a right, voice um, right, all director. Right. No, no, wait. Seriously. Named Wally Burr. And uh, he is may may have been responsible for some of the limits placed on voice actors because he was known to make people do like fifty takes or something. Really? Yeah. And um, and back then, uh, you, I forget how many characters and actors now. 
Oh, right, there's a limit. You can't have somebody do, like, nine characters or something. Right, like, I think now it's three. Okay. But back then there wasn't. And there was also um, no, like, rest periods or anything like that. So you could be in the studio, like, nine hours trying to get one line to the satisfaction of the director. And he was well known for being extremely, extremely difficult to please. The Stanley Kubrick of animated films. Yeah. (laughs) Day 81 of this line. (laughs) So, yeah, so... um, it, it 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 stands within reason that he might have been the one to, to push Wells. Well, over, Orson over. was not in good shape in 1985. We can't. I'm not ready to blame Transformers for that. <laughs> not. In, want, I'm glad this has been logged. Not in good uh, shape. Speaking of Orson Welles, I do want to mention this for like, oh. one of the, one of the great experiences I had was when um, uh, in the neighborhood here they opened an art house and it was a 12 screen art house called the Ritz. And to kick off the theater's uh, debut, they ran nothing but old movies for the opening weekend. And one of the ones they ran was Citizen Kane. And I had never had a chance to see Citizen Kane in the, in the big screen. I saw it three times in two days. How was the was, print? I, I remember being pretty good. I remember it yeah. looked pretty good. I remembered um, being like – it took me a minute to adjust to the fact that it's not a widescreen movie. Because, of right, course, right, it's right. not. It's, it wasn't shot. It was shot uh, – not in wide, there wasn't widescreen in 1939 or whatever, 41, whenever he made it. But uh, that was a great, that was fun, just seeing a movie that I love and I never get tired of and just watching it over and over again. That was like, a, that was so much. I wish they would do more stuff like that, but that was that was a great experience, just, just indulging and watching all the little details of Citizen Kane so much. You know, three times in two days, that's a that's a lot of Citizen Kane. I, I, did, does ta- did, um, did they fly in Taco to open the place? I don't get that. What does that mean? Oh, he did put it on. Other oh, reds. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other, I remember um, also Batman Lego. That was a great. That was a great movie experience for me because I, I got to take my whole entire family to that. So my parents. Your son must yeah. have loved it, right? He did. That's he, he has sat through one movie, and that was it. Really? He's only said he's only seen one movie. That he sat completely through. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's great to spend because you know it, he's still like fourteen dollars <laughs> to take to a movie, um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, no matter how long you're there, you still spend it. Uh, yeah, he loved it. So it was it was the three generations of. Uh, oh, your dad and, went too. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. It was. It was. It was. It's uh, everything else is paled in comparison. I've done that with my dad. I've taken him to see the new Star Wars movies. Because what'd he say? He likes him. He likes him. He's not. I mean, my dad is. You know. I mean, you've awesome. you've, you've you've spent a lot of time with him. You know what he's like. He's. Uh, yeah. We're kidding, of course. No, but he, my dad's oh. are, my dad's a reserved guy. Like he just doesn't like. There aren't too many things that he is like. That he like he's never said the words that was awesome in his life. Like those that's not words true. Have never. That's not true. Okay. Michael Flatley. When he saw Michael Flatley perform. Well, okay. Well, all right. Let me amend the statement. Nothing that is not Irish culture related. <laughs> he is not. So he just doesn't get that excited about things. But nevertheless, he, when I said, hey, dad, they're making new Star Wars movies. He was like, oh, I'd like to see that. So I took him to see Force Awakens and I took him to see Rogue One. So he's on board for those because he liked those movies. My mom, as we know, my mom, no tolerance. For any science fiction, not epic movies, not epic movies at all. I've I've told the story about Superman four multiple times. I don't need to get into oh, it I again. It. Get in again here. It's it's such a shame she doesn't remember that of of calling basically her son a mongoloid for liking 
Superman 4. Um, that's a shame. Oh, this is what you like? I know. Yeah, this is what you like? Now, I will say, I had a great experience seeing Superman 2 when I in the theater when I was nine. They, they uh, ran it at this old theater in um, the next town over, not next town over, a couple towns over from here. It's actually the town where Steven Spielberg grew up. Uh, he went to the theater as a kid, and the theater still exists, except it's closed. And it's been <laughs> it's been closed for like 20 years. I don't know why somebody can't do anything with it. But anyway, this is an old-timey theater, and it has a balcony. And on a Saturday morning, my parents sent me to go see Superman 2. And it was in the original run, and I remembered it was packed. Like, you know, every seat was filled with a kid. And when Superman flies up to the to the Daily Planet window... And he says, General, would you care to step outside? Oh, uh, the Kids, moment. Lo- I mean, we lost our shit. Kids were just, ah! It was the most amazing. And it, to me, it still stands as, like, the greatest superhero comic book moment of all time in a movie. Sadly, not even so not even a Donner moment. And that really gets me. But. I know. It's weird. It's a weird thing. But, yeah, I, that – I still remember that. Like, just the kids just went. I probably screamed my head off because you just couldn't believe it. It was just, the, just everything you want to see in a Superman movie. If Superman, uh, you know, for me, it was the shirt ass. rip in one. As soon as he does it, the woo Jim. Uh-huh. See? Um, yeah, that was – I was uh, – my, my, my wife tells me that that's the moment she fell in love for the first time was seeing uh, Christopher Reeve tear his shirt open. Aww. and. Yeah, well, I don't know if Oz right. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but uh, yeah, that that yeah, those movies were just magic to yeah. me. Those first well, two, not so, yeah, the first two. We have to be very specific. The first two. So, <laughs> now, now, when I was in, uh, when we were in art school, I won't say where I went because where know, did you go? People you went to the Sorbonne. I did. Or I did go. I did go to the Sor- Sorbonne. Yes, I did. Um, no, no. When we Sorbonne went to, of, the, of the West, there was the <laughs> of the East. There was nothing to do. In the town that the Joe Kubert School was in, there was just nothing to do, <laughs> and so all we did was go see movies. That was all we did. Every Friday, we saw whatever piece of junk got sent out. And one of the great experiences we ever had was with uh, Stephen King's Sleepwalkers, which is this absolute piece of garbage about cats and there's like a demon. Incest. It's awful. It's an absolute, and it's the kind of thing where we went and saw it, right? And as like as the movie rolls on. Everyone in the crowd is starting to kind of like laugh because they're like, we're all, we're all starting to realize simultaneously how awful this movie is. And like at a, at a certain point, everybody just started talking to the screen. And it was clearly okay with everybody else in the theater because the movie was so awful. And there's this scene where um, like the, the main character who's this teenage girl, she kind of has like this uh, symbiotic relationship with these cats. And she's trapped in this house. She's, she's trussed up in the basement. And all these cats are swarming outside the house and they, one of the cats gets to like a like a like a well window and there's this super quick shot because the director Mick Mick Jackson no no Mick Mick Garris I believe is the director I think Mick Garris knew how ridiculous the shot was you see like this little black pipe cleaner that's supposed to be like a cat hand punch the window <laughs> and people yeah. just lost their minds and people like were rolling on the floor laughing so hard and it was it was really like a great experience because like everybody communally decided, oh, this movie's shit. This is just a garbage <laughs> movie. So we're going to sit here and enjoy it. And I remember we like people were holding their sides laughing so hard. It was just so awful. Uh-huh. But it was it, it's so rarely where when people start talking during a movie that it's okay. But it was all right then because yes. everybody knew. Like, there's oh, a fine line. Is, yeah, there's a fine I, when, line. When I went to see the – have you seen the movie The Orphan? No, I've not. Well, I'm going to blow something here. Wait, is that it. the Nicole – 
No, I haven't. I'm thinking of the orphanage. The orphan. Yeah. Um. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, she, the she's not a girl. She's just a woman, who's of very short stature. Anyway, uh, she, uh, the the child, quote unquote, child in the movie, um, gets her adopted father drunk. She's gonna seduce him, and she starts to. Um, I guess she had her breasts wrapped. So as not to show them, so she would look flat-chested. Okay. And she starts to unwrap, and she's putting makeup on. And this guy in the middle of the theater, this half-pack theater, yells, "I don't know nothing, but that bitch ugly." <laughs> and, <laughs> wow. And everyone lost our that lost their shit. And then she walks up to the guy, all made up, and and then he says, "What's wrong with her? She got progeria or some shit?" <laughs> and I, yeah, I had a spit take because. That is so exact. It is. Progeria. Yeah. Reaching back. How many people even know what that is? He's drunk and educated. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Progeria. It was like, did you see Avengers in the theater the first time? I did. I did. When when Loki calls Black Widow, uh, I think he calls her a whimpering quim. Yeah, that's right. That's Three right. of us lost our shit in the movie. The rest of it, everyone else looked at the, those of us who were laughing. My wife and I, and this guy we, we went with named Matt, who's English. Um, we we were like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> right. He just called her, and everyone's just like, "What? What's with these three? That's a Why rough are they word. Laughing? That's a if you know what it means. That's a rough yeah. word to get into a children, you know, basically a family superhero movie. Hit it, hit it so like, like James Bond style. Hit it. Yeah. Um, yeah no, that was a. Uh, so that was that was all eyes on me there. <laughs> I saw many back in the original release, me and uh, Tom Zoller from from Cubert and uh, some other mutual friends. We went and saw Batman and Robin the night it opened, and you know I was like I again I hadn't heard much about it. I knew that you know I was like oh it's not Val Kilmer, it's not Keaton, but okay you know I'll give this because I like Batman Forever, so I was still what? kind of yeah I did I actually I, I I can't really defend it now, but at the time. I actually kind of liked it, so I was, made yourself like this. Is an episode one thing I, for you? I was you on it. I was yourself. maybe I was on an upswing, and so so we're watching Batman and Robin, and there's that point in that movie where I assume you've seen Batman and Robin, right? Once. Okay, once, right? So there's a point in the movie where like Poison Ivy is like having that stage show, and there's like a guy in a gorilla suit, a pink gorilla suit, dancing. Oh, that's the fourth one. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Batman, Batman, and Robin. So, like, while the gorilla is dancing, the theater was dead quiet, and I just heard somebody in the back behind me go, what the hell am I watching? Like, they were just, like, <laughs> it was, and it was, nobody even got mad at him because you were just, like, I, the guy just was baffled. Like, why am I, why is there a dancing gorilla scene in my Batman movie? I didn't understand this at all. And, like, and, and I think it got a big laugh because everybody was just like, yeah, I, I get it too, man. And, Thurman or something, right? And, is that- huh? It's Uma Thurman who's wearing a gorilla suit. Yeah, oh my god. And I remember too, like, I was like Homer Simpsoning it. Because I was like, as the movie <laughs> kept getting worse and worse, I'm like, it's still good. It can still be good. It can still be good. And then when George Clooney whips out the back credit card and he's like, don't leave the cave without it, I remember I turned to Tom and I said, the entire Justice League could show up in this movie and it would still effing suck. And, yeah, know, well, like, and that's proven to be true in later Batman movies. Yeah, oh my god. It was just like, <laughs> you reached that point of no return with that thing. It's like, oh, it was just the worst. I saw, I remember I saw First Contact in the theater, and there were these three guys in front of me, and they were clearly Star Trek fans. And I think you know what I mean yeah. when I say this. Um, Score, so a the, direct hit. 
<laughs> yeah, <they're laughs> so it's it's the battle um, with the Borg at the really at the uh, like first thirty minutes of the of the of the movie with the Adam Scotts in in that scene actually, and um, so they're on the new Enterprise. They show off the new Enterprise, and this guy gets up and leaves. And so he's, the guy in the middle gets up and leaves, and the one on the right asks the one on the left. He said, "Why did Jason leave?" And then uh, the guy on the left says. Because he said that's not the button that you use to fire the phasers. He got really pissed off. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Walked out of one of the better Trek movies. Wow. The that's hardcore Trek. Holy shit. By the way, and uh, I do have to point this out. Those screens are customized by wh- whomever logs on to them. So there's really ever no single button fires the phasers. That's and if Jason was a true fan, he would know that. I didn't know that. I've never heard that. It's in the technical manual. Oh, okay. of course it is. Okay. All right. I feel bad. I don't know that. I did Who's Who in Star Trek. I feel like I should know that. Though. I used to read that in high school. Interesting. Okay. Here it now, is books. All right. So, wow, that's hard. <laughs> that is hardcore. Like, so where are you on? I mean, like, if you, like, okay, everybody's moved to digital projection. That's just the thing. Do you, yeah. you said you missed the sound. Like, do you, yeah. are you kind of like, uh, I don't want to say I don't want to use the word snob because that sounds like it's a oh yeah, yeah. it's a totally. pejor- oh, okay all right so like to you like you would rather have it be projected you're still you're kind of like I wish we could go back to that uh, for me it's like uh, having white noise accompany the movie <laughs> so it it just sort of sets the tone for me um, I don't need it though I don't need it. it but honestly if it were up to me and I had the money I would just buy out a screening and just sit by myself interesting okay oh the- I- oh. Oh, oh, I just remembered something about seeing movies alone, but go ahead. Go ahead. I don't want to interrupt you. Oh, I was just going to say, I I, I, um, I have a hard time with people talking and with the cell phones. Oh. I get into so much. The first movie that this happened in was Superman Returns. Um, somebody just kept pulling out – this lady kept pulling out her Blackberry. She was like five rows in front of me. But every time it would come out, my I don't care what was happening on screen. My eyes are immediately drawn to this stupid of course, device. Of course. Can't help it. And, uh, yeah, I, it just every 20, 15, 20 minutes or so, she'd pull it up, maybe answer something, put it back. Just uh, So that's why I would just buy a, 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 any screening I could and ban people. I will say – oh, God, I have so many things I want to talk about, but I'm jumping around. Like, okay, in terms of buying out of theater – I did that once. We did that once, actually, for for the aforementioned Tom Zoller for his birthday. We actually got a print of Star Trek II, and read it out the theater, and watched it. And it was like there was like ten or fifteen of us. That was awesome. That was like that is awesome. Yeah, that was a great experience because it was like you know just the people that you know you want to be there and everybody's going to be cool and everybody was just sort of quoting lines along and that was a tremendous experience. But in terms of the cell phone thing. Like, yeah, I I went last year or two years ago, whenever it was out, I took my nephew to the 70-millimeter Hateful Eight because I was like, let's go see it in 70-millimeter. You know, Quentin wants us to see it in 70-millimeter. He's making the effort. Let's go see it. And it was one of the worst experiences I've ever had because people were talking during it. People were getting up in the middle of it. And the guy sitting right next to me had his phone out almost throughout the entire three hours. And you didn't say anything? I did. I looked at him, and I'm like, you know, I think I said something like, please put that away. And he put it away for 10 seconds, and then he pulled it out again. And, you know, the thing is that, that baffled me was, aside from the fact that it's just, you're just being a dick, like, okay, you made special effort 
to go see it in 70 millimeter. So why would you make the effort to see it in 70 millimeter, pay the extra ticket price to then not right. watch it? Like that, that was the part I couldn't wrap my brain around. And it's only because I don't want to talk to these people that I don't quiz them after the movie's <laughs> over and say, can you explain to me why you would pay like the $17 ticket price to see a 70, a movie in 70 millimeter when you clearly didn't care about watching the movie? Like, why did you, that, and that theater, uh, I've told my nephew that they're one of the few theaters around here that has 70 millimeter and he wants to go see Dunkirk when that comes out because Nolan is doing that in 70 millimeter. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I'm like, I'm not going back to that theater. Cause like they clear, like whatever that crowd that comes there is clearly not the crowd I want to be around. And that's like, I hate that the one time I got to see hateful eight and it was ruined by, and I, he wasn't the only person. There were other people with their phone out. I just like, I well, don't it, understand that at all. Why you would pay the extra money, pay any money to go see a movie and then whip out your phone. I, I, it, stunning. Unless you go to a draft house, an Alamo draft house, I can't think of anywhere that really enforces it. Right. At all. Um, and I've been in the movies to the movies with with people who constantly check their phones. What do you? How, what have you said? And that's the last time I go to the movies. With okay. Right. I, I don't understand. Like I, I have to do it. I will get up and leave because I just want to make sure. Like my wife hasn't called me. Like the kid's fine. Right, you sure? In case, yeah, in case you're worried it's an emergency or something. But you but get I, up and you walk out. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, 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 it is, it is one of the. I always feel like, is this when I became old? You know what I mean? <laughs> when, I was, when, but you know, I don't see. I don't. I, I I'm worried about that too because I'm old and crotchety. But like to me, I don't think asking people to not have their phone up during a movie is asking too much of them. I really don't for, for how much things cost. And again, a lot of the stuff I see on in the big screen now are older films because I'm, you know, I know I'll like it because I'm old and I'll know I'll like it and, or whatever. But like, uh, I took, again, I took my nephew to see Goldfinger a couple of months ago and a guy had his phone out and I'm like, nobody goes to Goldfinger who doesn't already like Goldfinger. Like why else would you go? So then why do you go and then, Take your goddamn phone out. Like, why do you, you know, like that, it's just stunning to me. And so I, again, I don't think it's, it, it's too much to ask. And it's funny you mentioned about like being with someone who gets her phone out. Cause two summers ago uh, in May, uh, our company took us out on a company trip to see Avengers, Avengers Age of Ultron. <sighs> and right. Well, all right. That's a, nothing to do with the movie. So we went and see, we went and saw Avengers, Avengers Age of Ultron, right? And there was an employee who worked there who I did not get along with, let's say. And he sat two seats <laughs> he sat two seats away from me and throughout the movie he got his phone out. And I was like looking at him like, what the fuck? Like we you know, we're in the movie trailer business. You know? Like I would think you would be more respect no, no, no. So he he got his phone out and I remembered thinking to myself, okay, I knew then that the company was gonna do a similar trip uh, at Christmas for Force Awakens. And I remembered saying to myself, I am not going to let him ruin Force Awakens. And I'm like, I swear to effing God, if he gets out his phone during Force Awakens, I will slap it out of his hand. I absolutely will. Now, luckily, I actually made made plans to see Force Awakens the night before with with, uh, Darlin' Tracy and my nephew. That way, when I saw it the second time, it couldn't get ruined because I've already seen it. Now, luckily, he had been fired by then. Yay. (laughs) 
So uh, it why don't you use his name now? You don't. Uh, there's I don't no prize. I don't get anyway. But uh, but uh, I don't know who's listening. But uh, but yeah, it's like I just that I will never understand. I will never in a million years understand people that do that because to me it is just such a dick move, and it's so. I know that like you know we've we've ramped you know our considerations down for one another nowadays in this country and in the world, but to me it's such a basic thing, and it makes me kind of be like. All right, I don't know how much I want to go to movies anymore. And a couple of weeks ago, when I went to see the James Bond double feature, For Your Eyes Only and Spy Why You Love Me, the guy, there was a guy right in front of me. He got his phone out, and I leaned over, and I said, please put that away. And he put it on his lap. And I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. Because it's like, no, you put it in your pocket, not your lap. And ten minutes later, he got it out again. And I went to the, I went outside and I found some, some ushers and I said, I'm sorry. You know, I'm like, there's a guy who, you know, he will not put his phone away. And the three ushers were all like, they all did a like version of not it. Like, you know, that way none of them had to be the one that went in. And I was like, oh, great. I'm not reassured here. <laughs> and they came in and they did a quick search and the guy put his phone away. And then 10 minutes later, he had it out again. And this was during Spy Who Loved Me. That's a good one. David, David, stop. That's my favorite of the Moors. Uh, it's it's a great movie, but stop insulting Free Your Eyes Only. And I'm, so, I, but Free Your I'm, Eyes. No, I'm not insulting you. That's that's the that's the best of the Moors. For Your Eyes Only is my favorite James Bond movie, and I I during the intermission. You've admitted, you've admitted, The Spy Who Loved Me is a better movie. It is. It is a better movie. Thank you. Spy Who Loved Thank Me is the best Roger Moore movie. Period. That's what and I'm I, saying. Yeah. Okay. All right. But I during the intermission, uh, my nephew and I actually got up and moved to another seat because I was like, I'm not letting him ruin Free Your Eyes Only for me. I had not seen it in the theater since I was a kid. And I'm like, I'm not letting him ruin it. And I saw that he got his phone out during Free Your Eyes Only, but luckily I was in such a position. But, like, it, I didn't say anything to the theater owner, the theater manager. And sometimes I think you should because that's the only way they're ever going to be reminded. Because it's like, you know, they don't the, give a shit. You don't think so? You don't no, think they're they don't. dying? You don't think no. they realize that they need every customer they can get? I think you are you are one of... No, like one of so many that don't say it. you know what I mean it's it's so pervasive now I, I don't I don't um I remember I just actually a couple of things for me with that uh Wonder Woman I went to see at, at the greatest movie of the year I went to go see and uh and the guy has his phone in front of it row in front of me takes his phone out starts checking it um during the uh the um the story when uh, when when uh, when when they're showing the story of the Amazons or whatever. Okay, right, right, right. And uh, and um, and I just say, hey, can can you put that away? And he looks looks at me, and then he holds his phone and says, "You mean the phone?" I'm like, "Yeah, oh the my, phone." Oh my god! I, I, so I, all of a sudden I became the loud guy because I was, I said, "Yeah, the phone." And then he just turns around and does like a thumbs up at me, and then he puts it away, holds it to his chest. <sighs> so I still see some light picking out picking. Picking out, and I'm not by any means a intimidating man, intellectually yet. <laughs> yes, I'd say so. And then, and then, and then I uh, and I tap him on the shoulder, and I said, "I can still see the light." And then he just lowers it down, and uh, just gets really stiff, and then that's it. Oh, man. And then I remember I saw. I, oh, sorry, and he doesn't take it out again at all, or maybe he did, but I'm just looking at Gal Gadot the whole time, and oh, I can't. Oh, there you go, You're distracted. Yeah, that's its own light. And then uh, uh, I remember I saw Wreck-It Ralph, 
And uh, this guy was with his kids, and he kept checking his phone like every 10 minutes. And I just finally got up and said, can you put that away? He said, what? It's a kid's movie. Oh, I, okay. Well, then it doesn't matter then. Okay. I said, yeah, it's a movie. And then he just puts his phone away, and that's it. Good. I, that's, oh, man. I, it's like, so that is, I still make the effort to go see older movies. On like, the Cinemark has their Cinemark Classic Series. And I make the effort to go to those because I want and – I, and I make sure to buy food. Like that way they're making some – because I want them to keep doing them. And luckily most of the crowds have been really good. But when, when I get somebody that just ruins it, I'm just like, you know, like do you want everybody just to retreat to their house? Like, yeah, you know I think what they I mean? Do. Where they just – they don't want – you know, they don't want anybody ever to come out again and do anything communally because you're just making it so miserable. But I, I'm completely – Jumping out of the thread, but I forgot to tell the story in terms of being in a theater by yourself. I went, <laughs> I went and saw. I don't know why I saw this movie. I went and saw the movie Threesome. With, I saw that in college. There you go with Lara Flynn Boyle and Josh Charles and one of the Baldwin brothers. I forget which one. I don't think it's which one. Stephen, the young one. Is it Stephen? That's Stephen. Ba- okay, yeah. all right. Which is the one who's all? He's he's Mr. Hardcore conservative now, right? That's Steven? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There, so there's, there's Blue Steel, and that's Billy, and then, of course, there's Alec. There's Alec. All right, right, okay. And so there's a scene. I was the only one in the theater in that movie. And there's a scene in that movie where there's a there's a, a three-way sex scene. And it's fairly explicit for a movie. And I remember feeling such a perv that I'm sitting in this theater all by myself watching this three-way sex scene i'm like oh god i'm like see you know like thank god i don't have a raincoat on or something i was just like (laughs) the worst (laughs) so when you let's let's just backtrack a bit okay you you could go to any movie that's playing at this point yes whenever that's and you say i want to take it to threesome i don't i don't know why i and then you get it, maybe like Laura Flynn Boyle. I don't know. And then, uh, or one of the other, I don't judge. And then so they give you the ticket. You don't expect there to be a threesome in a movie called Threesome? That's a good point. I guess I really have myself to blame for that. Did you uh, know what it was? I guess. I She's guess. like, oh, this is, this is like okay. Three's Company, but okay. with reverse. All right, look, to, to, to defend myself, okay, to defend myself, I am now going to read you a list of the movies that I saw before and after Threesome because I keep a list of all the movies I've ever seen in a theater. <laughs> okay? So oh, I, just did, I just did a control F and I found oh, Threesome. It's not about an exam. I found Threesome. So these are the movies I saw around Threesome. Okay? This is leading up to Threesome. Naked Gun 33 and third. <laughs> Four Weddings so and a Funeral. Number three is a big part of your life. Four Weddings and a Funeral. The, pa- <laughs> the Paper. Great movie. Clifford with Martin Short. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Why would you see Clifford? Is it a slow light news day in your I, life? I don't know why I saw Clifford. I don't know why I did. God. Major, Major League Two, The Hudsucker Proxy, Okay, acceptable. Serial Mom, uh-huh. Bad Girls, Backbeat, No Escape, Back- The Favor, and Being Human. So that was that's the no that okay. I have no defense for seeing Naked Gun 33 and a third or Clifford or Major League Two. But look, you've got John Waters in there. You've yeah. got uh, the, the Coen brothers, the paper, which is a terrific movie. So I just saw everything back then. OK, I saw some and no escape because they were free passes given to me in college. And what was great about no escape was they, they switched the reels. So it was like reels one, one, two, 
five, four, and three. <laughs> the story might have been more coherent, maybe, at that point. But it's great because Kevin Dillon dies. That's right. And then all of a sudden he's back. That's and right. And I was like, That's Casey! Right. Kate! Like, the entire crowd was so happy to see him back because it, it just became ludicrous at that point. That's right. And you see them almost escape the island on on some makeshift thing. I forget what it was. But it, fa- but it hasn't failed yet. And then all of a sudden they have it. They don't have it. And then they have it again. And then it fails. And then it's the last act of the movie. <laughs> back when they thought Ray Liotta was a movie star. They're like, yeah. yeah he's, he did nobody bothered to tell the guy in the projection booth? I mean... I guess maybe you don't – granted, this is in the age of Tarantino, so maybe people were thinking, hey, maybe they're doing something. Yeah, there you go. Oh, he's an artiste, this guy. Look yeah. at that. Oh, my god. He's busting uh, the form. On, on linear storytelling. That was one of the greatest crowd experiences I had because everybody just said, screw it. This is nuts. There's no way this is, just, this is going to get back on track. No one wants to see it from the beginning. Right. Oh, right, right, right. So, so, so just let it go. Oh, but threesome. Oh. Yeah. Oh, threesome I saw. You did see Threesome? You've seen that movie? Yeah, because it was free and I was a poor student. Oh, right. Okay. And I, I wouldn't have gone by myself. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know. Speaking about movies that get interrupted, back when, again, we were in art school, we saw this movie called Toy Soldiers, which is about a bunch of kids. Yeah, in, yeah a bunch of kids in a military academy that gets taken over by like a paramilitary unit. Will Wheaton and Shannon. Will, Will, Will Wheaton and Sean Astin. Yeah, and, and Denholm Elliott. I remember Denholm Elliott because I was like, oh, it's, uh, it's uh, Marcus from Raiders of the Lost Ark. And that movie, the projector kept breaking down at the same point, and we ended up seeing the movie, I think, four separate times. And we just kept seeing more and more of the movie each time. And, like, there was this great moment where, like, something happened where the, the, the guy who's the hostage taker, the main terrorist, does something, and, like, uh, the, the, the boys try and, like, get the upper hand on him, and it, it fails, and he's, like, something like, you know, I told you if, I, if you do that, I'd kill one of you. And he's, like, at one point he goes, he yells, do you think I was kidding? And then the movie cut right out at that point. We're like, oh, my God, what happened? It's like, and it's such a garbage movie. There's like, why, did we, why did we go back four times? Like, we really could have just said, nah, we're good. But, you know, again, we saw a lot of, a lot of crap back then. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, um, it's tough, movies? man. Do you see movies over again? Do you, do you care about seeing movies? Yes. Uh, last one I did that was with Star Trek Beyond I saw a couple of times. Okay. Um, now, is, Force that Awakens, take, is, that, is that to take different people, or is it that you want to see it again in the big screen? I saw it again and again to support it. Okay. okay. Same with Watchmen. I really wasn't – I know you're not a fan. Um, but uh, no. I went a couple of times to support it. Interesting. Okay. And then, and then you know, the, the little indie movie called The Force Awakens. I know those movies need all the help they can yeah, get. Yeah, really. So they, I, they need your I help. I saw that. I felt weird seeing that it, with the with – press crowd because i i um, oh, look at you dropping all the with a press crowd listen to you. what I, you know do you give zacky a hard time for that zacky's no. not on the show right now i'll give him a hard time <laughs> next time he's on the show i'll give you our let time. me tell you what was lousy about that everybody had to surrender their phones except conan o'brien who kept pulling his phone out like every oh, five listen seconds to you with the name dropping oh my god oh you were i nice. was mad because they make exceptions for this tool come on uh, did you have to sit behind him because he's like seven uh, I was tall. one behind him. I, w- I mean, I was like the row behind him, the row behind the row behind him. Okay. So it was a little perfect for me because then I just saw his stupid little curl. <laughs> Tough to hair, right? Pokemon. I hate him. Anyway, so um, oh boy. Yeah, you, you get to keep your phone. Why? What's so important? Yeah, You're here at a free case. screening. Yeah. In case Everyone else a, had to. Yeah, because he gets anyway. a text from Andy or something. No. Okay. So. Now, have you ever gone? Have you ever gone to see a movie that you didn't know what you were going to see? Like, have you ever just kind of been like, 
you know, have a vague notion. I of... do that a lot now. Oh, do you really? Yeah, I, I still manage to somehow uh, evade spoilers. Um, no, I don't mean spoilers. I mean, like, you literally have no idea what the movie is, other than a very, oh. like, a logline. You're like, oh, it's a drama about this, but that's it. Like, My best friend is that? really good about, about choosing um, movies I wouldn't have thought about. Okay. So I remember we went to see The Descent, and I had no idea what I was seeing. Oh, okay. All and, right. I, and I loved it. Um, uh, Colossal, I think, was the last one we saw where I had I really no, I didn't get around to no inkling of what was going to happen. Right. And I really liked that one. Um, yeah, he's, he's more into, he's more into films than I am, I think. Mm. And, uh, oh, um, ah, The Guest. That was a great surprise. Have you seen The Guest? No, I haven't heard a lot of good things about it, but I'm going to It's very, did you like Drive? I did. Okay. It's, I'm not saying it's like Drive at all in that, in, in, uh, (laughs) story-wise, but I mean, in, in, in very much where it wears its influences on its sleeve. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um. It could you could have rented this movie in 1986. That's what I heard. That makes me want to watch it. Is yeah, because yeah, it's that kind of movie. That's cool. And, you know, right. it's got a Luke Dobb as the lead. So <laughs> Dan Stevens and Luke Dobb do have a lot in common. That's, 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 that's very true. <laughs> God, I hate, I'd hate to see a movie with Luke Dobb because you'd be looking at Luke Dobb the whole time. Oh my God, God the girls! Look at that cinematic masterpiece I'm sitting next painting to. Painting dead away. Have you ever met Luke Dobb in person? I can't. I, I, I'm afraid. He's better looking in person, too. It's very When annoying. you shake hands, does your hand burn? I, it's, it, it really is. It's, it's amazing. What's he smell like? Uh, uh, victory. Here's my guess. Wait, don't tell me. Mrs. Fields cookies and hunting. <laughs> he smells like confidence. That's what he smells like. <laughs> Good, good thing. So Don't I know. Smile to gleam. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I've um. Uh, there was a reason why his table was swarmed with girls at the Heroes Con. But uh, no, I. There's been a couple times where I have gone to see something with virtually no knowledge of what the movie I was about to see, and sometimes that's been really good. Like I went to see um, the Garden of the Finzi Cantinis, which was that uh, art movie from the 70s about, it's an Italian, like, neo-realist movie about um, a family in sort of pre-World War II Italy that refuses to sort of, refuses to acknowledge that, like, the Nazis or the fascists are taking over. And it's a classic. I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, it's like, a, it's regarded as a masterpiece. I'd never seen it, and I really didn't know much about it, but it was just, it was superb. And I went into it not knowing anything about it. And I was like, other than I'd heard of it. You know, I was like, okay, I heard this was a classic. But it was a wonderful uh, thing. And then there was another time where, again, at this theater, the Ritz, the art house, me and some friends decided to go see another, a French movie called An Autumn Tale, which is an Eric Romer movie. And yeah. it's just, like, I really like Eric Romer movies because they're just these little kind of portraits of life. And we saw it, and I remember we saw it in the summer. Like on a Saturday late afternoon, I literally had no idea what it was about. I, I knew that it was a French movie and that was it. And it was just this wonderful story about like adults, you know, like it wasn't, you know, nothing blew up. You know, there was no aliens. There was no blue beam. It was just like a little story about adults <laughs> going through. And it was just lovely. It's like a lovely movie. It's, it's, it's a warm character story about people that you like going through life changes. And I remember walking out of the theater and the sun was so, sort of setting and it was just like a great experience. I was like, wow, I just saw like a, like a, not like it was life affirming, but it was just like, it was a sweet experience. Cause like, I just saw a great little story and I wasn't expecting it. And I wish I had the money and the time 
to do more of that now to just kind of pick something at random and go see it. I just don't anymore. Yeah. I, you know, because I'm busy podcasting. But it's like I just don't. You know, now it's basically like I go see the blockbusters that I want to see, and then I go see the, you know, the the, the revivals, the, the revivals, and that's it. Which means I really don't have a chance to experience something new. You know, because I'm like, you know, I kind of know what I'm getting, except for the occasional, like as as the time we're recording this, Cinemark is showing uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane on the big screen, and I've never seen that. It's just one of these movies that's it's fun. crazy, right? It's and I've even I've seen every episode of Feud. But I've never seen really it. without okay. Yeah. I've never seen. It's just one of those movies that's fallen through the cracks for the, in, over the years, and I literally can't wait to see it tomorrow because it's like, wow, I'll be experiencing something totally new. Is that a right type um, audience participation? No, no, I, oh, I would never go to those. Oh my god, oh, the Rocky Horror is the only audience participation movie that I would go to see. But like they've, done, they've done those, like Monty Python and the Holy Grail. They had like a sing along. I'm like f no to that. I yeah, I hate, I hate participation. Oh, that is not why I go. So uh, I do want to oh, ask you real fast. Yeah. I, I got to see. Um, speaking of revivals, though, um, near my house, there's a. They call it the Old Town Theater, and they show movies. Most of them aren't in color, and if they are, they, it's like when color barely just right uh, uh, started being used. And I got to see Dracula. And the guy, they, what's great about this place is they have somebody on the Warlitzer the whole time. Oh, that's cool. So they're, so they're playing the track live, the music track live as the as as you're watching the movie. The movies, I mean, just so you know, it they just project the DVD essentially. Yeah, because, yeah. Because I got to see the menu. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, but uh, but um, yeah, it was it was just great because they had like the live thing. I've, I and I haven't got. Have you done one of these where they have like the john williams or something play along with um no i've never been to one of those are they fun? i can't do that because you know it's crowds and right 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 my anxiety right <laughs> no I've, I've never been it sounds really cool but i've never been to one of those so like are there uh are there movies that you will go see on the big screen no matter what like if it's playing you'll go see it uh, i think we know there is one well yes okay I mean movies that they okay. Well, have you ever have you had a chance to see Highlander on the big screen? Yes, in college they showed it. Okay, all right. And uh, they showed it twice. Once at once at six thirty and once at ten, and I was there both times. Oh, big fan. Oh God, it was great, great. Everybody cheered when it said "Music by Queen," so I knew these are my these are my Texas people. Um, uh, let's see. I went to see Superman when that played again, like in the last few years. Oh, I'd kill to see that on the big screen again. You know what? It was, it was great because it was people my age and some your age. Um, those you. people were wheeled in. Oh, such a dick! You were such no, a but dick. A lot of people brought their kids, but their kids were so bored. Oh, because it's uh, a slow, it's a slow movie. I, I mean, right, I mean, right. It's what two and a half hours or something. It's two. If if you're if you're a child weaned on modern Marvel movies, yes, yeah, Superman the movie is probably painfully slow. Yeah. So it was a little sad to look on their faces and like see like oh or just the posture. You know what I yeah. mean? Why are they floating? And uh, why? What? Can you read my mind? What? What is? Yeah. It, what's going on? Why it's a natural disaster? Blame. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of. Well, it's not a natural disaster actually. That's right. But um. Yeah, he, yeah, he's he's helping a train, <laughs> to pick a train, not that exciting, I guess. Oh, I so that was a that one was kind of a bummer for me because it, it, some some of the magic was 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 uh, was 
I guess, robbed of it. Oh, that's a, that is a shame. Because, that's too bad. Because of you. And I saw, uh, what was the last one that I saw that? My wife really wants to go see Raiders on the on the big screen again. Well, that so. see, that's funny you mentioned because that Raiders is one that I will see every like if if Cinemark over here decided to run it every like six months, I would go see it every six months. And Jaws is the other one. I never tire of, of watching Jaws. On Jaws, TV. really? Yeah. Does that yeah. not feel that, does that not feel its age? No, no. Okay. I think that I think that movie is utterly perfect. And so, uh, if they ran it every, I mean, they should run it every July third. They right. really should, because you've got a guy literally saying, tomorrow's the 4th of July! You know what I mean? Like, Ville should do something every year, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, they're, 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 like, like, if they ran the original Star Wars, I'd go see that every time. They don't. But, um, yeah. Like, well, so it they, doesn't exist, right? Because it doesn't Can you even see the original Star nope. Like, could you get a print of that? No, right? No, no. They're they're all locked up tight, but, yeah. Free F4. For now, for now, for now. But oh, yeah, no Jaws, Jaws and Raiders. I have seen it. I I've seen it every year, in one capacity or the next. Because I'm like, I just never get tired of it. I never get tired of seeing it in the theater. It's a nice big screen experience. It means something to me to see it in that size and that scope. And it's it's fun watching it at home. But I think I saw. Yeah. I think I saw Jaws in in college. I think they showed it in one of the. Because you know they they would show whatever they had available print wise, and they were never yeah. good prints. I mean they they right. looked aged and the sound was never great you hear a lot of clicking or something mm-hmm. um we saw the magnificent ambersons really yeah oh my and god that was i'd love to see that lousy print oh man that's a really oh i love you that like movie. that one i love that movie are you kidding me that's a i had to i had to watch it twice three times because i kept falling asleep oh no oh. i i mm. I can appreciate that it's it's a hard watch, but I love that movie. I love that movie. I I I, I still refuse to believe that the missing footage isn't out there somewhere. They're, is that your apology movie where you see show it to someone you're like, I know there's some problem. Is that is that? No, I no, I I have I don't think I've ever shown Magnificent Ambersons to anybody, but because it's it's such a unique, it's it's a hard sell. It's a hard sell. You know, it's like, hey, it's 90 minutes of this, you know, sort of early century, you know, drawing room drama. Orson Welles, <laughs> Orson Welles directed it, but he's not in it. Um, but I love it. I, I absolutely really love that movie. My, I mean, I love everything pretty much Welles ever touched, uh, but uh, that he directed at least. But I love Magnificent Ambers. I would see any of his movies. I've seen Touch of Evil. I've seen Citizen Kane. Uh, what else has he done? I think I've seen, oh, I've seen, uh, the, no, I think, geez, I think that's just the only two. I've never seen The Stranger or any of the other ones or certainly no Magnificent Amberson. So that would, that would be super cool. I, I said, I wish like New York, you know, does a lot of stuff like that. And, you know, it's not too far, but it's, you know, that's a whole day's trip kind of to go do it. And so it's a little hard. Every so often something will float across my notice where it'll be like, you know, oh, hey, they're showing, you know, Val Luton movies. I'm like, oh man, I would kill to go see something like that, you know? And that's, and that's why, like I said, when Cinemark does them over here, I try to make sure I go to everyone and I, I buy concessions and I will like tweet at Cinemark, you know, I will be like, Hey Cinemark, I just went to go see Jaws on the big screen. Thanks for doing it. That way they know, you know, somebody's out there appreciating these things. You know, <laughs> I really, I want them to know. I want like you just said about Star Trek, you wanted to support it. I want to support what they're doing. Like a couple of months ago, they went and showed Treasure of the Sierra Madre. 
You know, like that's one of my favorite movies of all time. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm going to get to see this on the big screen. You know, I'm like, I'm hoping Cinemark does that for Murder on the Orient Express when the new one comes out, that they show the old one. Because the old one is one of my favorite movies. And I've never seen that on the big screen. So it's like, you know, I, I, if I can, I will support these things as, 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 as much as I, I can. I think that that might be one of the problems here is that you, you can easily just uh, take advantage of the fact that it's kind of more preva- prevalent here. Sure. You know, well, you're so in a you, company town, right? Yeah. But, you know, there, there's always there always a risk, though, like uh, Quentin Tarantino had to step in to save the Beverly. That's right. Um, right. So there's that. But but also, you know, they, they, they attract more people because they can have um, some of the people who are involved in the movie right. do a quick Q&A or something. Right. I, one of my um, things, one of my bucket list. Th- I don't really have a bucket list, but one you of them. Start one. I should. Thank you. Uh, but one of them is to, is to go to the New Beverly. I really want to go see a movie at the New. I'll Beverly. take you. I I gotta get out there sometime. I gotta. I, I'll you know we'll try and talk everybody into doing the big fire and water trip at California next year. Try and do that. <laughs> fire and water, L.A. Yeah. Um, uh, but but to backtrack, were you afraid when you heard about those li- the Little Mermaid screenings where you could bring your iPad and it was supposed to have some sort of interactive sing-along component so it would be the audience all with iPads and at the same time the movie's playing? I, I definitely I – did, I didn't think it was a great development, but I figured it was going to be exclusively for kids' movies. And so I was like, okay, I can just stay out of those. But yeah, I am a little frightened at the whole idea like – you know, that you're going to encourage people to kind of like not pay attention to the movie. And, but I mean, if it's for little kids, what are you going to do? Little kids can't sit still. So, you know, but I but mean, you, you know, could, but can. I could, that's true. I could, I mean, you know, my, I sat through all of two and a half hours of Superman and I didn't get up and run around the theater like a crazy person. So <laughs> yeah, me too. Kids yeah. can do it. I, I sat through Orca. Yeah, there you go. I think I saw Orca. You know what I saw? I saw the deep. That was the other one. The other Peter oh, Jacqueline Bisset, right? Jacqueline Bisset, yeah, Nick Nolte. I think oh, my, I man, think my dad. High five to you. Oh boy, yeah. I think my dad's probably like, oh, it's like Jaws, you know? Like he'll probably like. <laughs> with wet t-shirts. Yeah, it's just wet t-shirts. <laughs> How many times did you go see that movie? Five times, five, six times. The Deep? No, just the one time. Thank you. Did you guys theater hop? Uh, no, I haven't really done too dad, much guilty, of that. Totally that. The one time. Oh, you know what? The one time I did. Was when uh, Meet Joe Black was out, and they had uh, the Phantom Menace trailer in front of it, and that was like you, you know, this is 1999. It's basically pre-internet, not not well, not pre-internet, but but yeah, you know, it wasn't as as, as omnipresent well, as it is now. Yeah. And so basically, you had to see it in a the theater. And I went and bought tickets to, I believe, Star Trek: First Contact or something. And then I I before I went in, or no, I bought tickets for Meet Joe Black. Watched the Phantom Menace trailer, got up and went to a different movie. That's what I remember doing. Because I was like, I'm not sitting through three hours of Micho Black. Like, F that. That's- you should have done, um, there was that Bruce Willis movie that came out at the time that also had the trailer. Oh, really? At the what beginning of the movie and at the end. Really? What movie so they did a great oh, They did a great weekend because people were going to just see, um, uh, they were just going to see the, the trailer. They were just paying to see the trailer. I don't even know what movie that would be. 1999? It was like Bandits Hearts or something? Or something like that. I oh, forget. Um, I uh, huh. It was the Lynn Obes movie. I forget. Uh, but uh, yeah, my my dad would. He was not averse to seeing paying paying for one movie and then going to see two. I remember. Okay. There was always the we'd pay for the one we, the initial one, 
go to the bathroom, and then let's go see what else is playing, boy. So we do <laughs> I love the idea of him calling you boy. That's great. Still happens. Um, okay. Uh, but yeah, so I, I remember we went to see Johnny Be Good. And, uh, oh my he, God, Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, my dad. My dad was uncomfortable with the subject matter of the, of the movie. So then what do we go see? Biloxi Blues. And we walk right into the scene where they're hiring a prostitute. Oh, that's great. I saw that movie with my mom, Biloxi Blues. That's Which, <laughs> well, you were a little older than me. So she, I was. My, my, so I was, oh God, I don't remember how old. But my dad was equally uncomfortable. But, you know, we've already we've already settled on this movie. So we're going to ride it through. Oh, but, yeah, what, what a... Every 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 kid wants to see Biloxi Blue. <laughs> yeah, kids love Neil Simon. It's just uh, it's and and period movies too. Like kids love all that stuff. They love the World War II detail. Now, do you can you go see a movie like where are you on if you miss the opening minute? Like if you see if you miss a minute, are you like it's fine, or are you one of those like are you Woody Allen and Annie Hall where you're like nope, I can't see it. We got to go kill time for four hours and come back. I hate I hate being late to anything. Um, so me it'll, too. It'll, it'll bother me. Right. But I, but I, you know, you see enough movies, you kind of figure, figure it out. But it's not a deal breaker for you? No, no. Five minutes, five to 10 minutes, I'm out. Okay. I can't do it. I'm like, okay. why are we even here now? Right. You know? <laughs> so, so there, so you don't mind. There's a level something... of respect to me too about right. showing up on time. Yes, I agree. Um, as a guy who was a PA it doesn't mean a lot to everyone, but people who don't get paid anything work their asses off on these things for mm-hmm. hours at a time, like for nothing, slave wages really, mm-hmm. under the worst conditions, and you can't say anything because you can't unionize. It's a whole thing. It drives me nuts. So as a guy who had to like pull cable and shit like that, the least I could do is show up on time and be quiet through the whole thing and not act like a jackass because – it generates revenue for the people who get paid nothing. Mm-hmm. The guy who makes forty million doesn't really give a damn because he's going to make forty million on the next one. Right? You know what I mean? Maybe he makes thirty or something. But, right. but it's not. Yeah. So there's to me, there's always a level of respect about showing up on time for it because, well, one, I'm paying for it, so I don't want to. I feel like I'm cheating myself. And two, there are people that deserve that. That's why I'll sit through the whole thing through all the credits because those people worked hard to get their name on there. I agree. I completely. Me too. I be nuts. Yeah. I'll tell you, my pet. This is a TV thing, but when I see those credits get shrunken and just oh, fly and they shoot them by, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't think of anything worse because everyone who's just getting who's flying through is 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 paid such a disservice by that just to run another goddamn ad or something like that. Yeah, right, right. So they could fit in another erectile dysfunction ad in the bottom half of the screen. Yeah. I don't know what you're watching, but yeah. <laughs> That says more about you. Yeah. These well, Alice ads. Speaking, but, uh, of, speaking of the crew, and this doesn't have anything to do with seeing movies in the theater. It's just I, – I, it's a story I've, I've heard and I want to mention it. We talk about the crew, about how hard they work. I assume you've heard the whole thing about like that uh, Keanu Reeves gave like 35 members of the crew on The Matrix a million dollars each. Yeah, because he's awesome. And I'm like, A, Keanu Reeves, awesome. And B, it's like for guys that are crew guys, that's life-changing money. That's you know yeah. what I mean. Like that is life. Cha- if somebody came to me today and gave me a million dollars, 
my life would take here. a my life would take a, <laughs> what did you what did you say you'd, you'd move here you couldn't buy a house but you I, move you're right my life would take on a completely different trajectory with that kind of dough and i remember just thinking good for you keanu reeves like that's that's generosity beyond generosity to to do that you know what i mean i think yeah and i do tracy and i stay through the credits because it's like it's part of the movie you know, and we stay through the credits even when it's a movie that's not going to have some post-credit scene. We stay anyway because yeah, it's like a gesture of respect. You know, like these people worked hard on this movie. It's part to me. This is part of the movie. So, but you never want to see a movie with industry people. Okay. Because all it is is about the story of the movie. Okay. And if you go and if when next time you talk to Zachy, he'll he could probably talk about this more than me because he's he's gone through to more of them but the press screenings are the worst because you have people that try to sound important like i get you you're covering this for ain't it cool or something so you have more of a no you probably have a deeper knowledge of why this happened the way it did not everybody needs to hear it you know what i mean not everybody needs so you're talking about your buddy telling you know like uh, i remember when i was at avengers 2 and the role behind me kept talking about how um whedon had or Kevin Feige had canceled all all their all their all the interviews they'd set up because there there you know there was problems in the camp and this was all the back chat whispering happening while I was trying to wait for this movie to go on and then sometimes during the movie. Oh boy. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just the worst. It's just mm. the worst. And See, it's I, hard not to, it's hard to avoid in an industry town. Right. But sometimes it's good to go to a movie with quote unquote civilians so you don't have to deal with any of that crap. Hmm. You just see it. Okay. I appreciate it for what it is. Okay. I see, because I would love to go to like a press screening someday, but now you're saying they're not fun, so maybe, maybe I should. Well, they are and they aren't. I mean, you can. It's it's just sometimes the environment's hard to be around. You know what okay. I mean? And okay. then there's like like a big rousing applause at the end, and and the whole time you're thinking, no, not for this, not right. for this. <laughs> yeah, this was this this was this was terrible. Uh, all right, all right. <laughs> Why are we doing this? Uh, the last thing I want to ask you about is because uh, now most theaters have the reserve seats and the floaty yeah, chairs. Yeah, that's what I do. Right. Well, I was about to say, like, I, I, at this point, I do not want to go to a movie theater that doesn't have that. I will if I have to, if there, if somebody is showing something that, you know, it's literally like the James Bond double feature was only playing in a theater that didn't do it. But in my mind, like, I'm, I'm kind of that way about, like, supermarkets. Like, I don't really shop at supermarkets that don't have self-checkout because I can do it faster than anybody else and I want to wait in line. But I will, like, so to, is, are you the same way? Like, to you, it's like, to me, it's, in my, in my mind, knowing that my seat is already picked and nobody can take it, it is such a relief to me. Like, I'm just not having to worry about that stuff. Oh, yeah. First off, I'm not, a, I, I don't like standing in line anymore. Yep. I, I'm longer in the tooth now, you know? I, I don't, uh. I just feel like that's time that I could be doing something else. Right. Um, I'll do it. I've, I've done it on, on very special occasions Will I actually go out and see a movie um, and wait in line. I did it for summer school. When that was summer school. When that was, when that was screened again. Uh, pre, uh, they had uh, people from the cast there. It was great. That's awesome. Uh, um, I did that for The Flash when, when they showed two, two of the episodes Together. They just showed the, actually they just showed the uh, the uh, the trickster episode. Oh right, because that was repackaged in Europe as a movie, the trickster right. episodes, right? So I did it for that. They, they did that again recently. Um, but for the most part, no, I don't, I don't, I, I don't do it. And also because it that's time that 
like if it's my wife and I are going, that's time I have to spend on the sitter. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. See, if I just walk in, there's my seat. I'm always amazed at the number of fights that happen or arguments when somebody takes somebody else's seat when it's clear that there, we have, you know, that there is there is proof, numerical proof. That I this have is a not ticket with a number and a letter on it. I went to see um, uh, Slumdog Millionaire, and these two people came in a little late, and there was already somebody in their seat, and the guy refuses to get up. He says, well, I have the movie started. I'm sitting here. And then they keep showing him the tickets. Says, these, are, these are our seats. He says, well, I'm here. It's the movie's starting. You're bothering God. everybody. Then they go in to get the usher. Now it's a big kerfuffle because yeah. the guy doesn't want to get up. He says, well, I'm already here. Why don't they just – why don't wasn't one of them just sit at my seat? Oh, I'm here. I, I'm, I'm enjoying the movie. He finally got up after they asked him to leave, and he made a big stink about – and he would never come to this theater again and all this Fine. other stuff. Okay. Yeah. Is that a promise? Jeez. All right. Yeah. It that, never I, is. I, I, I am willing to pay more for the floaty chairs and the reserved seats. Like I like I said, I have my seat reserved for whatever whatever happened to Baby Jane tomorrow. And I'm like that means I can get to the theater like three minutes before it starts. I don't have to waste another half hour waiting in line or worrying about. So that's yeah. That's I, I'm that's a that's a that's a very positive development with movie theaters and I'm, I'm i hope that everybody eventually does it because to me it's how are you about the food service thing at a movie theater now where yeah. like at the alamo and then they like there's this thing called the ipic where you can order food real menu items and they you have waiters and they come to you and they're always quiet and skulking like like a like production crew at a, on a, at a play right and um so they'll bring you things that you can eat easily with your hands that you don't need to, you know, chop up. But it's it's like, it, you know, these people just scurrying about, bringing drinks constantly or whatever. I, I've never been to an Alamo Draft House, so I can't say. I, I can't profess to know what the experience is like. It sounds very distracting, you know, to have that much activity going on and to, like, to have so much in the way of food. Like, you know, to me, I'm totally down with bringing you know, having food, I do it all the time, popcorn or pretzel bites or whatever, and my, my beloved ices or whatever. But to me, it's like there's a limit, you know. I mean, once you start getting into, you know, hot wings and, you know, what what else is that? Lobster bisque? I mean, what, how how much more is it well, going to go sick. on? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. That that sounds very distracting to me, to, to, to take it that far. They have these, um, these are salad cups. These, yeah, uh, oh, God. It's lettuce that's a specific, like shaped like a boat. I don't oh, know how okay. they do this. You know what? Then, I would... I wouldn't mind seeing a movie like that if it was something I've already seen, if it was a repertoire thing. But seeing something new, no, I, that doesn't sound appealing. Yeah, they have it's called iPick, and it's like um, four or five rows, not many, and maybe two or three. These are like couches, and they each have, and they you can have a blanket, and then you can manipulate the seat as it, it reclines. It's like a, it's like a lazy boy. Right. It has a little button on the side that you could hit, and then it'll summon the waiter or waitress. And then you can order things as, as the movie's progressing. They have a little pen light, and then they tally how it up. That, how is that not distracting, to have the little light going on to order? It's like, tiny. Okay. All right. It is weird. It's 30 something $40 a seat. Right, right, right. Just okay. to sit. That's <laughs> Yeah. That's just it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a little. I, I, I again, I haven't experienced it, so I'm a little. It's the most expensive nap you'll ever take. All right. Okay. And I'm. I mean, I don't know. I. I. I like. I don't like 3D. Like, I'm not big on 3D. I think 3D uh, is mostly a waste. I've seen a couple. Too dark. Movies. Yeah, they just don't. Yeah, everything looks muddy, and to me, it just it doesn't add anything to it. I. I. I 
Yeah, I, I appreciate them trying to do something different. And, like, if they were going to go show, you know, Creature from the Black Lagoon, like some classic in 3D, I would be up for it. But I, I don't know. To me, it's like it's it's still – they haven't been able to really beat the basic idea of sitting in a theater in the dark with a bunch of, you know, your friends and then, con, you know, concurrently some strangers and having this – experience together i think like martin scorsese mentions something like that at the end of his documentary a personal journey through movies with martin scorsese which i recommend to anybody it's fantastic and he he talks about that you know that's why we keep going to the movies is to share a common memory and i i interesting you know, yeah it's a, if you've never seen that documentary david I, i'm I, not a, yeah I would, you know, I don't know how much your tolerance, but it's like four hours long of Martin Scorsese <laughs> just talking about his favorite movies. I, I love it, but um, but that, but he, that's how he ends it on. It's like you know, seeing something at home that's powerful, it's great, and there's there's wonderful things. But you know, at, on some level, you're trying, you're sharing something with someone, even if you maybe not meaning to. And I still think that's still a powerful experience, and that's why I'm making the effort to go see. You know, whatever happened to Baby Jane? I could watch it on iTunes right now. If I wanted to, for like, for like three ninety nine, but I'm going to drive to the theater, spend you know ten dollars on concessions, and sit in the dark, running the risk that some jackamole is going to get his phone out, and I'm still going to do it because it, it's it's a once it's a experience that really can't be duplicated anywhere else. Here's why I will still do it because I remember, and I know you hate this movie, Batman versus Superman, just dreadful for. Half the audience, half of the audience liked it, half of them hated it, but everybody loved it. The moment Wonder Woman appeared, oh yeah, everyone cheered, and then to carry on the Wonder Woman thing, I knew I was onto something in this movie or watching this movie when I, I took my wife and I turned to a little girl and she's crying Aww. because Wonder Woman's fighting, and my wife is actually crying too because wonder woman's fighting and i thought yeah this is this is what it's going this is what what it this is what it's about Mm -hmm. to go to a movie this this sort of reaction so great i agree that's a good place to stop i say let's let's wrap it up let's always stop on wonder woman that's it's hey it's good stuff man so uh well as always david thank you uh i give you a lot of grief on and off the air but i always appreciate talking to you yeah you you deserve it i'm not saying it's not deserved (laughs) i'm just saying i give it to you but uh, the video store show was so much fun, and I knew we were going to have fun with this one, and we're going to do uh, more like this, kind of more topic shows. So if you enjoy these sort of meandery uh, things with David, we are going to do more of these. So uh... <laughs> if you enjoy meandery things with David, if you enjoy way two, to sell it, two old guys just talking about the good old days, we have more of these to come. So uh, no, the story series begins here, folks. Yeah, well, I, I think. We didn't really talk about porn at all on this one, which I'm very proud of. We have you? Oh, but real quick, very tiny you, porn content in this episode. Have you been to? Have you ever been on a date when you used to date? No. Oh, wait. Sorry. I'm sorry. I just let you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Have you ever been to a movie with a with a love scene in it, like a pretty hard, not hardcore, but pretty strong love scene on a first date at a movie? No, not a first date. No. No. Oh I, man, I, I would fortunate. I think it was something obsession or something. I went to see it with uh, um, it was Antonio Banderas and uh, um, uh, uh, John Voight's daughter, whose name I should know, but I'm Angelina forgetting. Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie, or Rebecca Dorm. Oh, maybe it was Rebecca Dormornay or something. Ooh. But it was like hard going at it oh, for wow. our our movie, and it was my first date with this girl. 
Oh, man. And I just kept looking at her, looking at the screen, looking at her, looking at the screen. And she's just fixed on it, but like furrowed brow. And uh, there was no second date. Because I remember it was <laughs> – there was this weird – and when I say tension, it's not sexual. It's it's tension about sex, but not sexual tension. Um, it was just so awkward to even – like walk out of there with the like thinking, well, we just saw a lot. I don't know what's going to happen. Well, I can tell you what's not going to happen now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, the I was the only one in the theater to see Exit to Eden with uh, Dana Delaney and and uh, Rosie O'Donnell and Dan Aykroyd in fetish gear. So that was awkward. That was by myself, so it doesn't count. I, this keeps again. Do you not look at movie posters? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. Anyway, come on. <laughs> We're going to wrap we'll build that Sorry, yeah. there's a whole other subject for another episode. So, uh, <laughs> so, well, again, David, thank you so much for, for coming back on the show. This is our first episode back, uh, back after, after our see after our half season, uh, not half season, our, our first season is concluded and uh, they're not seasons. I'm not counting hundred episodes as a season, but we took a little break, but now we're back. So, uh, again, David, thank you so much for coming back on. These are always, I really always look forward, look forward to talking to you. Can I, can I plug some stuff? Go right ahead. Plug away. Um, so if you go to emmys.com, I just did a few – when is this airing? Like in four weeks? In a couple weeks. Now, okay. I'm, all right. Okay. Let's do a little behind the curtains here. <laughs> David, be very careful about what you're about to plug because every goddamn time David is on one of my shows and he's like – he plugs something at the end. I edit the show, I put everything ready, I get the file done, and then a day later I get an email from him saying, oh, you know what, I shouldn't have mentioned that. Can you take that part out? I'm like, god damn it, i got to go back in it. So be very careful about what you're about to plug. Okay, everything has happened. Okay. Right? So, all right, all right, um, let's make it sure. There, I, I interviewed um, uh, uh, Damon Lindelof on the, on the finale of The Leftovers and um, Jason Isaacs on the OA. And, um, What's the OA? The OA, the, the OA. What did I say? You said you said Jason Isaacs on the OA. Yeah. What does that mean? Oh, the series, the OA. It's a Netflix show. Oh, thing. okay. I had no idea what the OA oh. was. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, what is it? Um, slipping in a code all of a sudden. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, on on Emmys.com, I'm really proud of those two. Um, so please check those out. And uh, if you can, I did the artwork for uh, Rock Solid's episode 113, which is about Queen. Great. Another nice artwork. Rock Very good artwork. Yeah, thank I like you. that a lot. So I'm kind of proud of that. And, um, yeah, hope to be on here again soon. Yes. So, yeah. We have more topic shows to come. And if we ever do Flash Gordon, we'll have you on for Flash Gordon. That's You really don't want me for that one. Oh, interesting. Okay, good to know. I didn't like it. I've been oh. watching, I saw it again. I just, saw it again. I'm like, ugh. You just like the music. Yeah, Chris, that's a Chris Franklin. Oh, but stay tuned for our Haver, where we look take a look at the films of Jim Varney. That uh, okay. That might need to just be a topic show. I don't think we can <laughs> shows to to uh, to the, the the earnest oeuvre, as it were. So yeah, if we ever do it, we'll have to have Chris Franklin because he's very excited about the the earnest film. So. Anyway, uh, thank you again, David, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Of course, you can find back episodes of the show over on the site, which is fireandwaterpodcast.com, and we can talk about movies and stuff over on the Twitter feed, which is at filmandwaterpod. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and until next week, why don't you save it, David? Until next week.
We'll see you at the movies. No, you say that's a wrap. Come on, man. You've only listened to the show a hundred times. Come on. We'll try it again. All right. I was so, in summer school. All right. <laughs> Chainsaw. No, no, no. Okay. So, all right. Until next week. That's a wrap. I haven't pointed a finger. An imaginary camera. Jim Rex? What's Jim Rex? Would you believe a movie audience guide presented as a public service by this theater's management to help you select your motion picture entertainment? Well, that's what it is. And we urge you to learn these rating symbols and use them as a guide for you and your family. G means suggested for general audiences, all ages. M, suggested for mature audiences, parental discretion advised. R, restricted, persons under 16 not admitted unless accompanied by parent or adult guardian. X, persons under 18 will not be admitted. This seal in advertising indicates that the film was approved under the motion picture code of self-regulation.